0: Howdy, 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 and welcome to episode number 10. Slightly delayed this week if you're kind of keeping up with the podcasts uh, on a weekly basis, but obviously if you're listening to this in the future, you can completely disregard that comment because it's already there waiting for you. But for everybody that's waited, thank you, appreciate the patience, joys of trying to record a podcast with triplets in the house. You've got to pick your moments when they're going to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Anyways, going forwards into today, I'm going to touch on a very, I suppose, subject that's close to home for me. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit of a story, touching on diets and why a more sustainable approach is always the better option. So grab yourself a cuppa, sit down, chill out, because this one may be a little bit longer, but it's important that I cover this because everything I do coaching-wise is based on my experience, knowledge I've gained, and of course, I am my own guinea pig. And so, this is a story all about how my life got flipped upside down. (laughs) No, this is a story all about 2017 going into 2018. But you see, I have a stepson mentioned in previous podcasts called Harrison, uh, and he has a very rare heart condition called Tetralogy of Fallows. And I'm not gonna go into kind of all the details, but basically in 2018, uh, April 2018, going into May, we were booked to go to Florida with uh, him, his brother, and uh, his dad, and his dad's wife. So it was the six of us in total going to Orlando, Florida, doing the Disney Universal stuff, etc. And it was because that's what he always wanted. It's what he always wanted to do. And ever since uh, Dave and Rach had, Harrison, um, ever since he was little and obviously he's gone through his whole life battling this condition. um, It's been the thing that was promised to him. So we all went uh, as kind of one big big happy family. uh, But in the run-up to the event, obviously going in swimming pools, being in a hot country, you know, getting soaked on ride, taking shirt off, etc. You want to be in the best possible condition. You don't want to feel self-conscious. So in October of 2017, I set myself the goal Of getting to the best condition I've ever been in. And I was gonna do that through tracking calories, my fitness power, being aware of how much I consume, you know, moving more, introducing some walks uh, to help increase my step count and obviously burn calories, and obviously alongside that, my resistance training too. And I said to myself that this wasn't gonna be like every other deficit that I'd done previously, where it was kind of meh, you know, on it for a bit and not forever, Um, I said to myself, I was going, no matter what happens, no, no matter what the cost, I was going to get it done. And so October 2017, I'll be honest with you, I can't remember the exact numbers of the deficit now. Hell, while I'm talking, I will be on my phone trying to bring up the exact numbers of what I lost and yeah, where I started. But the numbers aren't actually important. What's important is the lessons that I learned from that journey. Because you see, I kick things off and I started walking early doors in the morning. Love that time of the morning. No one's around. It literally feels like the world is yours. You know, nowadays, particularly in the summer, it's a little bit busier. But at five o'clock in the morning, sometimes even half past four, it was just bliss. And I took my inspiration from multiple different people, from The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, spoke about getting up in the morning, uh, a personal trainer that I follow, uh, Jamie Alderton, used to get up in the morning. And so kind of in the, not infancy of my career, but in the kind of, I don't know, earlier stages, if you will, um, these guys were quite influential in terms of the approach that I took, you know? And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do my best to emulate that. And so I did. Now, there were multiple different videos that I was doing at the time. I was doing a lot of YouTube work. um, And so I spent a lot of time filming and editing, etc. I was following my brother around when he was going karting all over the country. And even doing that, I was still sticking to the deficit. It was damn hard, (laughs) but I was still sticking to the deficit. And for the YouTube videos as well, there were multiple kind of eating challenges that I did um, back then too. Again, influenced by other YouTubers and other personal trainers. Uh, I was quite influenced back then. And so I thought, you know what, I'll give that a go. So I did. And looking now, I've got the weight, by the way. Uh, I started my journey at 188.4 pounds, okay? Uh, Monday the 9th of October 2017, 188.4 pounds is where I started it. And so... I then cracked on with my deficit. I think I started on about 2,400 calories for me, which is not really relevant to be fair. Obviously, some of you will hear that number and go, "Oh my god, there's loads of calories." Some of you will hear it and go, "Oh my god, that's not that not that many." But you know, how many calories you can consume, or how many calories your deficit is, is a very unique thing. So it's important that you don't get blindsided by that. You know, and. Obviously, going through the several months, you know, I was up walking every single morning. I was logging and tracking my calories. I was a ruthless motherfucker. I was spending a fortune on muscle food and prepping my food every day. I was documenting the whole journey on Instagram. And through talking to a friend, she was massively inspired by this. It was something that really helped her keep focused in the biggest part of her journey. She would look at my journey and be like, right, he's up doing that, so I should be up doing that. And it helped to kind of spread that wave of encouragement and motivation. This is also when something that I started called Walk Talks started, which is basically on Instagram stories. I would just do a topic each and every day. And suddenly these walks became great for my mental health. You know, I was getting out every morning, um, getting a little bit of fresh air, listening to podcasts, audio books, et cetera. Uh, listened to so much. I consumed so much during that time. Um, and it was just a really, really kind of good thing at the time, you know? It was, it was great for my health, obviously. It was my cardiovascular fitness really improved. Um, obviously my, my, my hands, my mental health really improved. And this was kind of during the period of a, a big, a big period of self-discovery for me. But anyway, as the weeks went on and we progressed more towards April 2018, the weight dropped and I ended the deficit, I'm just finding the weight here, ended the deficit on 168.4 pounds. So a pretty decent drop from the 188.4 that we started the journey on. Um, Yeah, I'll let you do the maths on that one. So I'm not going to do it while I'm trying to record a podcast. (laughs) But the thing that happened was obviously it got down to great shape took pictures of my shape for the first time like ever and was actually happy with it um literally like could see abs was you know uh, yeah it was it was I suppose it was nice in a way I didn't kind of like how I didn't fill out t-shirts etc like I did previously you know it was it's, it's quite funny you kind of as a guy you fill out t-shirts better when you're carrying maybe a little bit more body fat. And so when you get lean, you don't feel like anybody else sees that you lift, if that makes sense. But like I said, I achieved what I wanted to. And so we went off to Florida. And I look back now and I look at kind of how slim my face was um, and kind of what I achieved. And I'm still really proud of what I did. And then we went to Florida, um, and I was able to still stay in control while I was out there. Uh, we did shitloads of walking, which kind of balanced things, and it was the walking really helped as well, because obviously building up my fitness for the, the the mega amount of steps you do walking around those places, like eighteen to twenty thousand steps a day. And if I hadn't built up my fitness, you know, getting used to walking, that would have been pretty owie come the end of each and every day. And then we came home, and there wasn't this rabbit to chase anymore. There wasn't this kind of goal on the horizon. It was now a case of right, try and maintain what you've achieved, you know, try and maintain what you've what you've done. And as the months and weeks went on, and obviously now sitting here in 2020, as the years went on, I look back at that time and I realized that it wasn't sustainable. Obviously, it wasn't sustainable. You know, I haven't kept that lower level of body fat. I've regained some body fat. I'm not in shite condition, but not in the optimal condition that I once was. And and so you begin to analyze. It was only through this conversation that I really began to look at things and really began to look at that that diet, if you will. And that's exactly what it was. As much as I was saying on these walk talks that I was gonna keep the walks going even once I've achieved my goal, because I really love them, the fact of the matter was I was doing something to achieve a goal. I was doing something to get to a certain event. And thus, when that event ended, or when that event kind of was passed, it was then a case of, well, I've done that now. Now what? And the reason why I'm recording this podcast, the reason why I'm telling you guys this story is because We're all guilty of having that deadline. We're all guilty of having an event. And I am a big advocate for having some kind of rabbit to chase. But that was the only rabbit I had to chase. And so when it passed, I found myself a bit lost. And the behaviors that I'd implemented, the unsustainable amount of walks at an unsustainable time of the day, everything I did was very diety, very diety. There were elements of sustainability, of course, but the proof is in the pudding, the fact that I haven't maintained that lean physique. The proof is in the pudding, the fact that I haven't, you know, kept up the walks, etc., is because I adopted an approach which was unsustainable. Now, don't get me wrong, life does change. You can't, you know, you can't say that things I did back in 2018 are things that I'm gonna still do in 2020. You know, life does evolve. What we do for a living evolves, you know, our daily routine evolves, and so I'm not talking about the sustainability of that, but just the urgency that I had back then has faded. And when I look back on what I achieved and the way that I achieved it, it reaffirms even more to me about how important it is to sustain, to adopt approaches to achieve the fat fat loss that you can actually keep up. Now, I'm not talking about the deficit, obviously, the whole idea of a deficit is not sustainable, okay? You're not gonna consume less calories than your body needs forever. But I was getting up, like I said, at five o'clock in the morning, sometimes half past four to go for a walk, and that isn't sustainable. Not with the amount of times that I was doing it because it just doesn't in keep with the way that I want to live my life. I enjoy my sleep. And to get up at that time in the morning meant that I was dying on the sofa at nine o'clock at night. And so Rachel and I had no conscious time together you know so that detrimented my relationship because it was just focused on go to bed because you've got to be up in the morning you know the resistance training side of things yes that is sustainable but the mindset of get to that goal get to that event that's what we're doing it for wasn't and that's why i didn't keep the results and so the reason why this kind of conversation came about is she she asked me, she was like, is this all it is, just deficit, maintenance, and then, you know, maybe regain, deficit again, regain a bit, deficit again? And I said to her, no, it's that's not what, all, what it all is. And she was like, well, hang on a second. She said, you're talking about going back into a deficit now. And she said, but you've been in a deficit in 2018. So is that all it is, just deficit, regain, deficit, regain? And in actual fact, yes, that is all it is if you adopt unsustainable approaches to achieve the result. I adopted an unsustainable routine and thus I didn't keep the results because I didn't keep the routine. They are one and the same. Nowadays, when I look at deficits, yes, it would be very easy for me to get get up in the morning and go for a walk, but I don't want to. Yes, it would be very easy for me to introduce a load of unsustainable activity, but I'm not gonna keep it up. And so it doesn't matter how much body fat I lose from doing that, if I don't keep up those behaviours, those habits, I will regain it. And so nowadays, a deficit for me looks very different. A deficit for me is, of course, a reduction of calories, tracking on my fitness pal, but it's not spending a fortune on muscle food and adopting foods which I'm not gonna stick to. You know, and applying diets and spending an hour every day cooking my lunch. That's not realistic for me. I've got shit to do. Nowadays, a deficit nutritionally is about even more balance. About enjoying grabbing like a ham sandwich. You know, not always having the no-crust, lower-calorie bread. You know, not always going for the carb killer in the afternoon. Nowadays, it's about realism. What's in the cupboard? What can I have that's going to keep me in a deficit? It may not be optimal, But it's about the calories at the end of the day and getting enough protein. And so I won't be adopting the carb killers. I've got shitloads of them in the cupboard and I just don't want them. And it's the same thing with regards to my lunch. Yeah, it would be brilliant to have a mince wrap or a omelette every single morning like I was having or every single lunchtime like I was having previously. But it's not realistic for me to keep spending a fortune on egg whites and heck chicken sausages. It gets fucking expensive It's way more efficient for me to grab some ham, grab some chicken, you know, have last night's dinner as as lunch for today. It's way more efficient for me to do that. And as far as movement goes, getting up in the morning and going for a walk, no, it's not realistic for me. I'm thinking about maybe bringing it in once or twice a week to help with focus, help with my body clock, you know, but if I do that, I'll only do it if it genuinely is sustainable after the goal has been achieved. Resistance-wise, obviously, we're in a situation where I can't use the gym right now, but that would definitely be something that stays because that's genuinely something I enjoy and genuinely something which is an ongoing process, you know. Lifting weights is a never-ending process, and that's the joy of it. There is no deadline. And so when it comes to the movement side of things, I'll get my steps from day-to-day movement, from washing the car, from working on the car, from doing housework, doing DIY, from teaching my classes, you know, from walking out with the family, from mowing the lawn, gardening. That's where my activity will come from because those are the behaviours that I not only need to sustain, because obviously the grass needs cutting, the car needs washing, but it's much more realistic. It's two birds with one stone. I'm not being selfish and just getting out in the morning and going for a walk and listening to a podcast, which is great for some and is sustainable for some. But for me, with my life, my family, it's just not realistic. I'm way better off boxing off my daily activity target with exactly that, daily activities. In an ideal world and to achieve uh, the level of fat loss I've achieved previously, yep, get out, go for a walk five days, six days, seven days a week and easy peasy, big calorie deficit, jobs are and But again, like I said, if the process to achieve the fat loss is not sustainable, then the results won't be either. Because the moment I stopped that movement, the moment the event passed, there was no rabbit to chase anymore. And because there was no rabbit to chase, all of the behaviors that led to the deficit led to the surplus. So if you adopt an unsustainable approach, yes, it is a yo-yo you will be in a deficit, you will be in a surplus. You will be in a deficit, you will be in a surplus. Back and forth, yo-yo, dieting, basically. But if you actually look at your day today and you go, I've been a lazy fucker today, I'm gonna get up and go and wash the car. Or the grass needs cutting, I'm gonna go and do that. Or you know that job that I was supposed to do at the front, trimming the hedges, whatever, I'm gonna go and do that. And it's that behavior. And it's instead of going, I must hit 10,000 steps every day, it's looking at your steps and going, actually, what's realistic for me with the way that I live my life, because I like laying my ass on the sofa for a couple of hours every day watching YouTube. But I also know that I need to get stuff done for myself and my family, and so I can kill two birds with one stone with that one. So I need to look, and instead of going, right, I'm gonna do 10,000 steps because that's optimal, I need to look at it and go, I'm gonna set a target of 7,000 steps, which is easily achieved, I can easily box that off, as an average over the course of the week, sure, when it's grass mowing day, I might hit 12,000, which then knocks some steps off another day. But as long as my average steps are high, that's what matters. Obviously, they'll be a little bit higher when we go back to doing the classes because I'm always pacing up and down a hall or up and down the beach. And this is what I need to remember. Now, this is what's vital for me to, to, to keep in my consciousness, that it's very easy to drop body fat. It is, it's super easy. The hard part is keeping the body fat you've dropped. The hard part is not losing the results because you've lost all of the habits and behaviours. Right now, I have a system of activity which is sustainable for me, which is the way I live my life, doing things I enjoy doing. I box off movement, I burn some calories and I achieve some shit at the same time. So that's where my movement will come from. Diet-wise, same situation. Sure, I may drop body fat a little bit slower because I'm not doing 10,000 plus steps. You know, I'm doing 7,000. And so that will make a difference. I will not be burning as many calories as I was previously. And thus, when it comes to the deficit, I have to make a choice. I either keep calories where they were previously, around the 2,400 mark, as mentioned, and I drop body fat at a slower rate. But I can be consistent with it, of course, and that's the most important thing or I can choose to reduce the calories that I consume nutritionally to speed up my fat loss. But either way, I need to ensure, and this is my lesson for you guys from what I learned about my diet, my road to Florida, if you will. The, uh, what did I call it? The daddy deficit. What I learned from that journey was if you implement things that you won't keep up, If you adopt an unsustainable approach, you will achieve unsustainable results. It's very, very easy to be locked into the rose-tinted spectacles, to pop yourself in a bubble to achieve a goal. But when that bubble bursts and the deadline passes, the event goes, you won't keep doing what you're doing. So instead, look at your life. Look at what's realistic. Look at what you can actually keep doing just because that's how you live. Like I said, the deficit is not forever, but it's way more important for me to in- embed a better relationship with food so that once I achieve the fat loss, I keep the fat loss as opposed to regaining the, the 10 pounds or 15 pounds, whatever it is that I've regained now. I haven't weighed myself, so not a fucking clue. So that's my big lesson for you folks. Fat loss, is fucking easy. Move a shitload, eat, not a lot. <laughs> but actually keeping it, that's the tough point. And if you do ingrain those habits and you do look at your daily activity and you look at your life and you move in a decent move a decent amount just because that's how you live your life and you maintain a decent relationship with food, you don't be a dickhead with your calories, maybe occasionally, then you'll keep the results you achieve. You will live life happily ever after. There will not be this yo-yo. There will not be this deficit, surplus, deficit, surplus. There will be maintenance. There will be happily ever after. But if you keep sticking yourself in the honeymoon period and you keep sticking yourself in the zone of everything's grand, I'm smashing it, I'm completely focused on nothing but the deficit at the moment, everything else is sacrificed, well, you can kiss goodbye to those results once you achieve them. Trust me. Been there, done that, bought the (laughs) T-shirt. So hopefully that helps. I want you guys to go away from this podcast and really think about the approach you're taking, to really look at it and go, am I actually gonna keep this up after the deficit's done? And like I said, not the amount of calories you consume. Those will go up because you will go up to maintenance calories. I'm talking about the daily movement. I'm talking about the way you achieve the fat loss because I promise you, for all you fuckers that are doing 20,000 steps a day, but you're doing it to achieve a result, there are exceptions obviously, then I promise you, you're going to have a hard time keeping hold of those results because a shitload of activity can hide a shitload of issues with your diet and thus when that activity drops all of those dietary issues, all of those additional calories, which didn't matter too much because you moved a shitload, are gonna really come to the forefront. So just do me a favor, whether I'm talking to someone who just listens to these podcasts, whether I'm talking to my clients, whether I'm talking to my Made by Moyes gang, make sure your approach is sustainable. Move because that's how you wanna move or how life dictates that you should move. Don't implement unsustainable exercise regimes to achieve your goal because you will not keep the results. Folks, thank you ever so much for tuning in to episode number 10. We are now in double figures uh which is which is interesting because the podcast hasn't actually cost me anything up to this point it's been free hosting but this i believe is my last free podcast not for you guys it's always gonna be free for you it's my last one that i don't have to pay for so every podcast going forwards there is now a financial investment <laughs> i have to pay for the hosting i don't know why i'm telling you this but i'm an open book with everything i do so there we go jobs are good in, folks thank you let me know your thoughts on this one um it's quite a personal one um hopefully I didn't stumble over the topics too much, but it's a topic that I really wanted to cover. It's one that is really important to let you guys know about, you know, been there, done that, like I said. So do me a favor, once you've listened to this, just head on over to my Instagram, my Facebook, just drop me a message and let me know your thoughts, okay? Um, Or, you know, you can leave a review, but, you know, drop me a message on Instagram and that would be, yeah. The feedback's always welcome and I just always wanna know what you guys think of specific topics that I bring up because believe me, I'm looking at a whiteboard full of topics um, and the podcast will be of, of a normal time next week. So that's it, done, finished. But to finish off every podcast as we always do, folks, remember when it comes to lockdown, when it comes to your diet's deficit, when it comes to everything you're doing in life, when it comes to everything you're battling in life, when it comes to everything you're facing, don't forget, accept what you can't change. Have the courage to change what you can and the wisdom to know the difference. See you next time.